Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material Devolution has begun. Welcome back to the Material Devolution Podcast. Your hosts, Devin and Matt, as always. How you doing this afternoon, sir? Doing well, Devin. Doing well. Been a little while. Things have been crazy, my friend. Making moves, buying houses. It's, it's, it's a mad time. It's a mad time for, for us right now. What can we say? It is. It's a little relentless, right? A lot of work. Uh, you guys are newer than myself, but uh, things seem to be working out fine for you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Things are good. Things are good. Busy, but in the right type of way. And, you know, as we've learned, the world keeps turning, uh, even if you stop paying attention to it. So, you know, we haven't done a podcast in like six weeks, I just realized. Things have been so hectic. So I'm glad we're able to squeeze in one midweek here. It's good to be back behind the microphone talking about something. So, you know, unfortunately, lately, and I mean, let's be real, this has been the standard of the last 15 years probably, Stories running in the news media are pretty negative. You know, last year we focused on a lot of negative stuff. Uh, this year we've been trying to spin things in a little different direction, tackle a few more positive stories, do some interviews. But we got to talk about this, I think, just because uh, when it's always on your Facebook feed, it's almost like impossible to ignore. So now's a good time as any to brain dump on it. So uh, let's get into it, Matt. Gun control. Boom. Boom. You know, uh, this is like one of the most divisive, probably issues in this country you know like what firearms represent to people as a tool for personal freedom and safety defense you know uh militia protection against the government and tyranny etc etc it's such a hot button issue that when you like contrast the two ideologies safety versus freedom you always get people very, very divided it's a very very black and white issue for some people I see it as being very gray but I'm interested to go down the rabbit hole with you. So uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, you think we should do a little background on why you're even talking about this in the first place? Or do you think people are pretty aware of why we're talking about it? I think people are pretty aware of why we're talking about it. You know, we're still, uh, I think the flags are still at half mast, right? Uh, and so. Shit, man, the flag should like always be at half mast. <laughs> it's like uh, it's unbelievable at times, and yet so believable. You know what I mean? Because. Uh, we see mass shootings all the time in this country. It just takes it to be like some unique act where, you know, in this case, it's like an American-born ISIS-sympathizing maniac shooting up a gay nightclub in Orlando or a pill-popping, depressed, schizophrenic kid in Newton shooting up an elementary school, you know, or Columbine. It seems like unless it's usually like a group of affluent, well-off people getting murdered in a school or a nightclub, it's just like, oh, I guess that was just, you know, a bunch of people getting shot in the hood. Gang violence. Yeah, gang violence. It was violence, this, it was right? that. Because a mass shooting, any shooting that involves what? Is it three or more? Is it four or more? I always forget. I don't yeah. know. I think it's four or more. It's, uh, any mass shooting is when, like, four or more people are shot. So, you know, a lot of times that might be like, you know, a guy loses his mind and murders his whole family. That's a mass True. shooting. But that's a little different than, you know, like, Newton or, like, the recent incident in Orlando. It's a very, very different circumstances. So I guess what I'm saying is, no mass shootings are alike, so why do we try to treat them all the same? I guess that would be like my opening point. It seems like we've got a very interesting approach to uh, legislation 
in this country where when we see a problem, even though it might be very, very contextual, we try to get this one-size-fits-all law to apply to it, right? Yeah, I guess to some extent. I mean, and when it comes to gun control, you know, Chicago has some, some strict gun laws. California has some strict gun laws. Each state kind of varies, you know, in their uh, severity of their laws uh, and how they enforce them when it comes to guns. So I think that for the most part, there there really is a wide array of gun control measures at different varying degrees in the United States overall. I mean, federally, you're right when you have to, you know, make a, a, a ban of a certain type of weapon or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, states do that as well and allow open carry. Some don't, concealed weapons, this, that, the other. Um, you know, so I, I do think that there is... There is some nuance in the ways that each of these parceled out areas deal with guns. Um, but I think that we need to have some more common sense when it comes to guns. I think that you can't have these divisions between party lines and people uh, being so far apart from another, one another and not being able to work together to find some sensible solutions um, to some of these some of these problems that we have with guns. You know, it's tough because, like I said, it almost forces you to sit on one side of the fence because every proposed solution can be inferred as an attack upon the other. So, like, for example, one of the most basic things that they say 90% of people want passed, but which we can't get past, is that if they're on the terrorist watch list, right. you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. Yep. And they want to expand it to if you've ever been on the terrorist watch list. But now people are like, well, okay... Who decides who's on the terrorist watch list? What makes me a terrorist? Back in the 50s or 60s, if I had any type of socialist or communist beliefs, McCarthy would have put me on that list, and I wouldn't have been able to buy a gun. And that's basically fascism mm-hmm. to a degree. You know, they don't like my political beliefs. They'll take away my weapons, right. and now they can murder me without defense. On the flip side, the argument is, well, they can murder you even if you had your gun. You think your AR-15 or even a rocket launcher is going to stop that SWAT team or SORT team from kicking down your fucking door with an armored vehicle and doing whatever they want to? It really isn't. But people have this illusion in their head, like the Bundy guys, if we just get enough guys together with AR-15s and the media pays attention to us, we're... We can be victorious. We're immune from harm. How'd that work out for you, Mr. Bundy? Last I recall, you know, you got shot up by a bunch of FBI agents. And apparently people didn't care that much about that, so... You know, there is a fine line with how far you can push these things. Right. But that's where it's so slippery for me is like, what proposed solutions are there? Well, there's no criteria to be on the no-fly list or like you said, the terrorist, terrorist watch list. list. is just they, they can come up with something. Yeah. Uh, did, that, did you, did you, that, did you financially support like a terrorist organization or pledge your allegiance? Like what's the standard? Right. There's like a red flag. It goes off somehow, some way you end up on it. Wasn't there like a 12 year old boy or something that was on it. And every time that they traveled, yeah. they had to like get pulled in the secondary. Yeah, they've had like grandmothers on it. And there's always been like, you had the same name as a terrorist mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. And that's a tricky one. And so then it makes it really interesting and confusing when you're trying to apply that list to this, you know, this 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 ban on weapons, right? And so that you can't buy purchase weapons. And can you legislate your way out of it too? Is an interesting question because that's another flip side of the coin. Chicago is the epicenter of gun violence in uh, in the United States. Right. Most gun violence. Guess where the strictest gun laws in the country? Well, are? that's exactly what I was talking about. Chicago. Exactly. Right. So it's like you know, can you legislate your way out of a problem where the criminal behavior 
isn't being caused due to the legislation. Like, no matter how much you make guns illegal or make it tough to buy, there's already 300 million of them floating around out there. Right. So unless you can control the supply, it's impossible to control the demand. I think you have to figure out really like where the violence comes from in the first place, right? And most of the violence comes from frustration is what it seems to me. Like I look at the ghettos and things like that where people are committing the violence like Chicago, right? It's part of it. Um, you know, Gang where, violence where, is a big part of it. You know, they, they're, they're coming from an area of, of depressed, you know, economic uh, situation. So, um, and then the others are either kind of really, really fanatical crazy, right? Um, like Dylan Roof, right? Um, he just was a white supremacist. Of course. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and then you had this guy who seems um, in Orlando to have been very confused and frustrated as an individual, uh, seems to me. Like, you know, you hear con conflicting stories or him being, you know, Staying at uh, being at the frequenting the 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 place right Pulse nightclub like right. being there fifteen times or whatever and then like hey, his dad he, says he, he was upset by he's a, a he's like a Republican kissing. congressman this guy was in the Minnesota bathroom with the white stance yeah, exactly. long long time yeah. ago you know <laughs> what I mean so uh, we could look into the religious angle the sexual angle you're not but either way yeah. he was he was frustrated right um, and and that's that's kind of to me the underlying theme here and and people do say that hey we need to treat mental health you know we need to make sure these people can't get weapons and yes we need to do both of those things what we need to do is we need to have a conversation and continue to have a conversation surrounding these issues um to but to work towards resolution not to stand on one side and say no we're not doing anything uh we're not even going to vote on it and or stand on the other side and say we need complete uh you know um removal of all weapons from the United States of America, you know? So uh, where do you fall within that spectrum? You know, I've got a unique perspective on it, and it's not a realistic one, but like it's a factual one and how it's applied to reality in that, you know, you could ban assault weapons, you could do all these things, you could ban every gun. Guess what, if a mass murderer wanted to kill 100 gay people, he could drive his car into the pride parade and just run him down with a car. And he'd be a mass murderer and he'd be using his car as a weapon of death. If people are very motivated to commit murder, they're going to be able to accomplish that task irregardless of the weapon of choice. They can build a bomb at home. Like I said, they can turn a vehicle into a weapon. There's so many ways to like cause mayhem and terror that a motivated individual can accomplish it regardless of the weapons at their disposal. So what I see the solution as is we need to be like promoting a culture where it's not like we need to ban freedoms, we need to take away people's ability to have a gun because to some degree I completely understand that. Why should one person's craziness affect my ability to be responsible and defend myself? Like I know if you had a gun, you're not going to commit a mass murder. You're not going to be stupid and leave it lying around on the floor for a kid to play with. You know, you're going to handle it like a responsible adult and it's not dangerous for you to use it. So why, oh, for sure, so why if some asshole shoots up a club should all of a sudden you don't have the right to own that gun. It just doesn't make any sense. But how can we do something about this? We need to be very more in tune with each other, with yeah. like everyone around us. And if we promote the right values, then we'll notice these things very, very quickly. So when somebody like this guy in Orlando, who let's be honest, complete piece of shit. When this guy started behaving like a complete piece of shit, if we had a different culture, people wouldn't brush it aside. People wouldn't be like, oh, you know, his parents, you know, he was really mad about these, you know, these gay guys kissing, you know, but, uh, you know, he's never that religious. No, 
Parents would be like, hey, son, quit being a piece of shit or we're going to disown you. Straight up, you know, like, what's your problem, kid? Like, these are people. You're an American. This is where you're born. These are our values. Yeah. If you're in tune with what's going on, then you don't let stuff like that slide where people are behaving horrible. You know, they're saying disturbing things. Yeah, but his, his father was probably just as disgusted, so he's not going to, like, reprimand his son. That's what I mean. We don't, have, we don't have a culture where we promote positive values together. When we see somebody doing something that's negative or destructive, our intuitions almost, like, either disassociate or disregard and that becomes very apathetic instead of taking action yeah, to change somebody's think- behavior you kind of enable them to have those mindsets it seems to me like you just don't want to get tied up in other people's drama right like because that's like a slippery slope you're starting to open up pandora's box well you do and you don't i mean let's say you have a friend and your friend's saying some disturbing shit to you do you ignore it do you try to correct their behavior it's a difficult situation it's very contextual but at least if you're paying attention and you know there's a problem, you can take an action. Well, did they, I know that for a while, uh, the authorities were thinking about charging his wife. Yeah, well, I mean, he'd been been on the terrorist watch list before. What did they ever? I'm not sure what the deal is with her getting charged about her like prior knowledge or whatever. Uh But I mean, like, there's so many red flags with this guy before that the fact this happened, that's not surprising. Right. A guy who was on the terrorist watch list multiple times ended up performing a terrorist act. So like, yeah. why, why, why are we amazed? And why do you keep hearing that, right? That's like even what happened in France. Like they talk about these guys, you know, they were on a, a watch list. They were pulled over. They were let go. Like what, what, what? So we have things in place to stop this already, right? We To do, some extent. We but do. They it seem to be failing. It us. just becomes a question of like, well, now we go to the other slippery slope. Do we want to be minority report? Do we want to be stopping crimes before they're becoming crimes? At what point... Does a criminal action become criminal? You might remember there was a story last year. HBO did a little a docu-series about it. And it was about a cop in New York City, a New York City police officer. And he got arrested and charged with planning to torture and eat various women, including his wife. His wife was the one who reported him. And it turns out that this guy was just like, everyone thought he was just a normal dude. And late at night, this guy started going on these sicko chat forums and writing, like, fanfic stories for these sickos about, like, torturing and killing and eating ex-girlfriends, random people. His wife thought something was weird with him. She broke into his email, found what he was doing, and, like, reported him. Now, turns out everything he'd been talking about was bullshit. Like, they thought this guy was actually planning to, like, abduct, murder, and eat women. But everything he talked about in his stories was false. Like, he said he had his house and he was planning on doing these things and he bought all these materials. Never happened. Never had the house, never bought the materials. So the question becomes, had he committed a crime? He ended up getting off after like a year in prison. But the question is, at what point does it become a crime? Does he actually have to drive to that woman's house and knock on her door? Is it still not a crime? Does he have to actually start abducting her to become a crime? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if he has to actually start abducting her, then you're basically being like, we can't do anything to stop him. We've got, to, right. we've got to wait for him to murder her before we can arrest him for murder. So we can't actually prevent any crime. We can only react to crime. It's very true. So we can't police our way out of this problem, right? Uh-huh. So can we legislate our way out of it? I don't think so either. Laws don't stop violence. No, laws don't stop people from doing anything. I mean, they're just a deterrent. They're to act as a... They're a cultural influence, right? Right. You know, it's like... 
because people made that argument too. They're like, oh, you know, like you can make guns illegal and criminals can still get guns. Yeah, but it makes it tougher. You know, like you used to be able to buy pseudoephedrine over the counter. You can't. Well, if you could it, limit, if you could limit the type of guns that you could get, it could stop. You know, people would argue, well, you can get thirty round clips for pistols and things like this. Yeah, you can, but you really can't lay down that kind of like you know accurate fire in a crowd with the same um, veracity as you can with a uh, with an AR-15 or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a military-grade you know, bit. There is a little bit of a fine line, and I and I don't know if I really want to get into whether or not people should have those things. I mean, Well, Matt, but, you were in the military. You held an M16 before. That was your standard-issue weapon, right? For sure, yep. So, I mean, you fired it, you've held it, you've been around it. What are your thoughts on that as being like a weapon civilians use? I shot an AR-15 before myself. It was a ton of fun. Blew up some watermelons, TV monitors. That's a powerful gun. So here's what I'm saying about that. Uh, and like, just like you said, does that mean because other people use it for violence that you shouldn't have it? The question is, when does your freedom to enjoy something? Because that's the thing. I guess it depends where you live. It's so contextual. Like you're in my need for self-defense and personal protection is very different in metropolitan San Diego than it is for like crime ridden worst part of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You know what I mean? Like you and me feeling safe is very different than that person feeling safe. The irony is that person having a gun to feel safe is more likely to lead to a shooting. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I really don't understand. I mean, my thing is, and this is just my point of view is that I don't understand why people feel the need to carry weapons on their person. To me, that's a real troubling thing. I mean, are you, you'd have to, to me, you'd have to be real afraid, uh, one scared human being to have to feel the need to do that. Not, you're not defending your home. It's not like somebody's trespassing, coming into your property, trying to harm you and your family. It's like you're actively putting yourself in a position to be a hero. I mean, to me, it just doesn't seem like people perpetrate one-on-one -on -one physical violence like in the open like that very often. So why do you need to have a sidearm? I mean, here's the interesting thing, too. It used to be back in the day, it felt like, you know, if you had beef with somebody, you know, people were making eyes at each other, somebody was going to get punched in the face. Now, maybe their head would hit the sidewalk and they'd die, but usually it'd be a fist fight, and that'd be the end of it. One guy would walk away, the winner, the other would be the loser, and that'd be it. Nowadays, the other guy comes back with a knife. And if he doesn't come back with a knife, then the other guy comes back with a gun. And it's this escalation process where it's like, well, guess what? Somebody's going to get shot. So I think the pistol or the, you know, the firearm in general, it puts it in a position to escalate so easily. It's way easier to pull a trigger and murder somebody than it is to look them in the eyes as you stab them. That's, well, just, that's just a fact. Well, There's a reason why so many less people are murdered by stabbing than shooting. It's very personal. It's right? very personal. You're getting your hands dirty. Yeah. You know, there's no running away. There's no not getting covered in blood. It might take multiple stabs. You're going to be looking in this person's eyes and struggling with them as they give their last breaths. Yeah. And you see how intimately connected you are yeah. in ending that, which is a disturbing thing. So, you ever heard of death rattle? Yeah. Scary, scary stuff. <laughs> scary stuff. I wonder why they call Recon. Recon. Hoo-ah. But so if we can't legislate our way out of this, the only realistic thing we can do is kind of like look at our culture and how we can influence it, I think, to be more in tune with the people around us, our values, and just leading things in the right direction. Because it's like a narrowing. You look at the spectrum of belief and how people think about things. If we can push people down this more positive, affirmative mindset, 
then the violence won't be gone, but it'll slowly start to disseminate because you're like elevating more people to be non-confrontational, to use words instead of violence, to not want to escalate, to think things through. Because like you said, gang violence is part of it. But here's the thing, gang violence is such a small fraction. There's just as many accidental shootings, jealous lovers, suicides, all these things where if there wasn't a gun lying around, it'd be so less likely to happen. But then again, that's the question. How do you weigh the freedom of 300 million people versus the actions of a few thousand people? It's an impossible scale to weigh, isn't it? And it's, and it's so different because every state and every city within those communities, it's so different. The number of guns people have, how violent the communities are, their reactions to violence. How we treat guns in San Diego isn't going to be fair to treat people in like Plano, Texas the same way. Is right. it? It's just a different world almost. Well, it is, but at the same time, you know, we already have these individual state gun laws, right? And we do have federal overarching gun laws, but then we have the ones in the states. And yeah, the, for concealed carry. You, you, can't get, you can't get AR-15s in California. You can't. Like, there's a, you can't. You have to go to Arizona or you have to go to, like, Nevada or something like that. But hey, guess what? When I shot an AR-15, guess where I shot it? California. Well, exactly. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, the guns make their way here. Yeah, of course they do. Um, and just like anything else in the black market or anything else, like that's why you can't legislate out of it, right? It's because it's like drugs, right? You, you legislate against drugs, the war on drugs. Well, guess what? We still have a drug problem in the United States. So it doesn't make it go away. You can't legislate your way out of it, but you can legislate it. So but it makes I'm saying it easier that you need to you. legislate common sense. Well, there, like the there gun, needs to be the common gun, sense. The like gun the background checks, the, gun the registrations. You have to register your car, people. Like to me, registering weapons. Like I understand they're like, oh, if you register weapons, that's one step towards uh, them coming and taking, knocking on your door, and taking everything in your safe. Well, I, I, I highly doubt that we're still in the United States of America, right? So you register your car. Don't you think it's a, a good thing to register your weapons? Shouldn't there be a national database? I mean, I, I, I don't. I think to me well, that just seems logical. Like the, I, the, I don't. The conspiracy theorists will be like, they want to know you and your guns and what you're doing and who's doing what. It's like they know it. Anyways. Well, they got your car. Hey, and hey, hey! They're already on your cell phone, every, and your laptop, and everybody uses everybody uses a debit card, and so they know exactly what you're doing. You can pretty much find your uh, spending habits, what you're, you know, what you do on a weekly basis, this, that, and the other. It's about. And it's the, not really that hard anymore. So the whole guns, them coming to take away your guns thing. I think that's where I really start to have an issue with the just the over the over reaction to whatever the president says or anything that's against um you know uh the uh, anything that's pro-regulation um and it's just over the top you know they're coming for our guns they want your guns the second amendment's like on the run i are you serious let's be serious for a second well, it's the illusion of the freedom of tyranny. You know what I mean? By having this gun, I'm free to stop the government in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, back when they had muskets. Well, of course. And that's also what I wanted to get to was the actual Second Amendment and how it's read. But it's, well, the, it's, it's the illusion of the freedom of tyranny because in your head you're telling yourself that by having this gun, it's somehow protecting you from the government. What you don't realize is if the government really was a tyranny, it would predator drone your house in your sleep and you wouldn't even fucking know it. And that's the truth. And they have the power to do it. And if they wanted to do it, they could do it and no one could stop them. But you tell yourself, because I have this AR-15, I'm somehow safe. Right. That's an illusion. And I don't even want to take your AR-15 away. But I want to shit on your argument that you're free from tyranny because <laughs> you aren't. We're in the tyranny. We're already stuck with the tyranny we have, the tyranny of like oligarchical capitalism. 
We got to live with it. We got to deal with it. But if we fail to acknowledge it, then we have this like fucking disillusionment that we're somehow stopping this force from harming us when it's an illusion. The force can harm us at any moment's notice and no one can stop them. And we're kidding ourselves when we say we're, we're safe from it by having some little pistol in our pocket. It doesn't save us from that yeah. at all. Your pea shooter is not doing anything. But so the actual Second Amendment as it's read, and this is where a lot of the arguments stem is, it starts with a well-regulated militia. There's some comma issues. You know what I mean? There's some comma issues. We're, we're also talking about, you know, some, they were the smartest men of our time, but they still wiped their ass with bark. So it's all relative. You know what I mean? Like the smartest man a thousand years ago, you know, by today's standards would barely make it on the yellow little school bus with the, with the elevator lift on it. I don't know about all that. On certain subjects, yes. You know what I mean? When, he, when, he, when he's telling you how he's going to treat his, uh, his wounds with leeches to heal himself, you're like, hey, I'll take Jimmy the Retard's medical advice instead, George Washington. Well, I think that's very go, true. Go back and I write also, something down. But I also buddy. think as far as, like, you know, government and things like that, I, I, I think they did things on purpose. I, I, I oh, they did. They were rich, slave-owning white men who wanted to make sure that rich, slave-owning white men consolidated power as long as humanly possible. Right. Now, on top of that, there was a bunch of sugarcoating and goodness in there. It's not like they didn't have some good ideas, but the framework was these are our good ideas to benefit us and people just like us. So, you know, our mentality's changed in the last two, three hundred years where I think we need to like re-examine what the status of the country is because that's the whole point they left the amendments in there was so you could change shit you didn't need. So the well-regulated militia, it's very interesting because it's like we do have a well-regulated militia. It's called the National Guard. That's really what a militia is. It's a state army. That's the National Guard. But we associate anything with the government with being any type of like tyranny. It's state tyranny versus federal tyranny. What's really a militia then? You and your buddies shooting AR-15s in the backyard? Like what is a well-regulated militia today? It just doesn't even apply, right? Yep. Because before there really wasn't a National Guard. You just had, you know... The military, which was all, there was no Navy, Air Force, Army. It was just the military, and that was it. So outside of that, you just had all your homies together protecting the town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's where the sticking point is, right? And in all honesty, I believe it was in the 1930s is there was a case that actually um, solidified gun rights for individuals and it wasn't until that time that they did that but i mean even before that though look at how many people had guns during prohibition they had the tommy guns they were just blasting people yeah. with that thing uh you know and, and in the wild wild west i mean everybody's very familiar uh with that and so I, the, the thing comes down to again I, and you're right and i think that we both touched on it is about the the society and like what's going on with society and why that, that's happened. I was talking about frustration and oppression and things like this and people that are, feel like they're either outsiders or down um, <clears throat> on their luck or, or, or impoverished. And that's where these things are stemming from. And it's the stress, you know, it's the, it's the, uh, the day to day, the, the rat race of, of America, you know, it's the infinite growth paradigm. As you always talk about, they really does put, uh, things into a pressure cooker and a lot of people can't really start to deal with those type of things. I mean, I think you've seen it more and more, especially with like the explosion of media in the last 25, 30 years. Infamy is the new fame. You know, it's kind of like the rejects last cry for attention, where when you're so fed up with the world 
and how it is and you can't rectify it, your last act is to like go out in a blaze of glory to draw attention to yourself and the media plays right into it. I mean like every single time there's one of these shootings, nonstop coverage of it, we need to know everything possible about this person, everything about their life, everything that led up to this moment, everyone connected with them. You give like so much credence to what they're doing. You know, it's basically like not idolizing them, but it's elevating them to a position of importance they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like somebody, uh, they had an interesting idea I was talking to them about. They're like, I don't think we should publish their names. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe like in the beginning you publish it and then after that you just call them the shooter. Right. You know what I mean? And like if the media made a concerted effort, like, hey, we, we put it out there. Anonymity. We put it out there in the beginning. If you want to find his name, here's his name. Here's the info. From now on, he's the shooter. We're not showing his picture. We're not calling him by his name. We're not even going to talk about his ideas after the first day. You right. know what I mean? Like we literally want to like push this guy into the dregs and undercurrent of the past yeah. that has no impact on the future. But if we just keep paying attention to it and try to like force things out of it, political movements, the congressional sit-in, this guy's going to be in the news for the rest of the year. He's the biggest story of the year right now, outside right. of Donald Trump. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, what a bad year. It's a bad year. I mean, it's a good year and it's a bad year. That's, that's a bad year right there, though. Jesus. Exactly, exactly. Trump, I, know, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. Thanks. I can keep you safe. You know, thanks for knowing stuff. We're going to build a wall around nightclubs. I knew it. Protect the Mexicans. Protect in, the Mexicans. Wait, are the Mexicans in the club or trying to get in the club? I, I don't, I'm not sure which way we're going. It was actually Latin night in Cuba, but uh, never, never mind. There you no, go. Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is a crazy topic, Matt. I mean, I don't think there are any easy answers because I do see how gray it is, ultimately. And, you know, it's, it's well, easy. You can't, it, you can't legislate morality, right? It, I mean, you can't, and it's crazy because you like have to look into concentric circles. Like, I could easily legislate guns for me and my family. I could easily legislate guns for my friends and family. I could maybe legislate guns for my community in like a town. What about the city? What about every city? What about the state? What about every state? What about everyone together as the federal government? Yeah. This is like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It's never going to work, and it feels like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find a square peg and just jam it into the hole, failing to acknowledge the shapes don't fit, and they're never going to go together. So what we should be doing is we should be looking for a goddamn different pet. Well, and you should start to find other ways to fix the problem. I mean, you need to find the source of what's what's going on and try to treat that, right? Not this – don't treat the, treat the cause, not the symptom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the first time I remember really – being aware of like this pandemic of mass shootings was Columbine. I was in high school at the time yeah. and nothing's changed. There's a mass shooting every year, 20 to 50 people get massacred. In the grand scheme of things, not that many people, not to any way, you know, parlay these deaths into something is not being horrific and tragic. It's just in the grand scheme of things, just as many people die from aspirin as they do from guns. But you know, so like 20 to 30 people get murdered in a horrible incident everyone's just completely disgusted the liberals go nuts want gun legislation republicans take money from the nra want nothing everyone talks a bunch of shit about each other nothing happens we forget about it mass shooting a year later rinse and repeat how can we break this cycle what can we do matt are there solutions yeah it's really a good question um 
15 years of running right now, basically, we've been doing this, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's literally the same playbook over and over and over and over, and nothing's changed. Like, yeah. literally zero. It's, it's insane how nothing's changed. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept that this is the world we live in, and because of our adherence to freedom, there's going to be collateral damage. But we need to be willing to admit that then. And that's the thing. That's not a political position you can take because the reason they're holding the sit-in in Congress is they're trying to make people go on record as saying, you know, no to background checks and no to this. So that way they can say, hey, my opponent, he voted no on this. Right. It's on record. Yep. And now it's easier to kick that person out of office. Well, nobody wants to go on record. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yep. no, nobody wants to be that person who voted to go to war in Iraq. And then, you know, four years later, when they find out there are WMDs, we can go through the vote records and say, hey, Hillary, <laughs> why'd you vote? Why'd you vote yes on that? Exactly. This guy, Barack Obama, didn't. I think we should elect him. Yep. That was literally the difference between Hillary being the president eight years ago or Barack Obama. That's the craziest thing. It was one vote that at the time everybody thought was going to go the other way. But because we got it on record, you could hold that over that person's head. So we're kind of stuck in this position for 15 years where we haven't even had a vote. Yeah, wow. Crazy. So it's like if we can't even have a vote, then we can't even get on record how people feel about things. Yep. So we're playing this political long game where it's like, listen, I need to watch my own ass. So the most important thing is I watch my own ass. Once exactly. my ass is covered, I can look out for yours. Exactly. But I know where my bread's buttered. Number one priority, me and mine. Heck yeah. Unless we can fix that, we're never going to fix anything, man. So I think it's about you know changing our mindset, our culture, being more aware of our friends, our family, you know, pushing them, their ideas to be more positive, be more congruent with what, you know, our shared values are in this country, which are supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be this like shared mythology. We're one people, right? We're coming, yeah. we're coming together in the melting pot that's America to push each other forward to bigger and better things. Yep. Well, that's great and all. It's just if you go on the internet, you definitely don't see that behavior. <laughs> and, yeah, the, right. and, and the internet's basically like the id or the ego, I'm not sure which one, you know, the truth behind the mask of most people. When they have an anonymity, this is how most people will behave. So I think when we see the internet starting to turn positive, that's when one of the things move in the right direction. Right. So basically what I'm saying is we're doomed. We're doomed. Absolutely doomed. Everybody thinks in memes. You know, if you're not going to die from a mass shooting, it's going to be Advil, <laughs> you know, or, a, or a, you know. But I think you're absolutely right. I, I do. I second what you said about the uh, about the influencing the the people and the culture and uh, and trying to uh, to change that in order for the betterment of society. I think that's the way it really needs to happen and needs to go. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it's like if people in Congress instead of staging these sit-ins where we yell chants at each other and Republicans act like douchebags and try to pretend they don't hear it and force a vote through, why not have a conversation like you and me are having? Exactly. Sit down. That's the biggest talk key. like that's human beings. Throw your ideas out there. If you disagree, you disagree. But let's like talk like people, agree we've got the same goal, which is to protect and help each other, and see how we can get there. And if you do that in good faith, you'll get somewhere. Yep. But if you start that conversation with, cover my ass, you're never going to get anywhere. Amen to that. Amen to that. And on that bombshell, drop it like it's hot. Another day, <laughs> another dollar at the Material Devolution Podcast. That's it. We thank you for listening. We will be back sooner. You know, I, I, I'm trying to plant some heirloom tomatoes this weekend, but, uh, oh, snap. you know, in a perfect world, we'll be back in two weeks with some fresh hotness, hopefully something positive, maybe an interview. Yum, yum. Much love as always, ladies and gents. Peace. Peace.